This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, we are back. And some say we're even better than ever. National Cross League training camps are underway. The commissioner, Nick Sakevich, and Mike Poulin of the Georgia Swarm are going to stop by. And the Simpsons took lacrosse to a whole new level. All that and more on OTCB. everybody and welcome to the off the crossbar podcast it's been a while we took the month of october off and we're now back in studio thanks to my main man russ here at zone control in victoria um i've actually been sitting here for the past hour trying to figure out uh, why my microphone wasn't working turns out i had a burnt out compressor so uh he's been in here fixing it for me and getting it done and now we are back on air and we are getting set for the 2017 NLL season. It's kind of like the 2016-2017 NLL season because the year starts actually this year. Uh, December 29th is the very first game, and we will build all the way up to that season opener, which is set to be uh, a fantastic lacrosse game and a great way to start off uh, the National Lacrosse League season. As the Toronto Rock will head down to uh, Rochester, New York, they'll take the QEW, they'll cross the border, they'll head down to the I-90 and take the throughway right to the Blue Cross and get set to take on the Nighthawks, 7.30 Eastern. But we got a long way to go before we even get there. Um, some teams have already had some rookie camps, um, some invitation-only camps, Um and are already starting to get underway as November kicks off. That's kind of the season when the NLL starts to wind up the wheels, get things going. Um, most teams will start their full camps uh, next weekend and work their way through into December. And then a lot of teams uh, will will go heavy the last or sorry the first three weekends of December. The teams will be going pretty heavy. Uh, expect to see some exhibition games during that time. Uh, I know uh, Vancouver, Colorado, and I think Calgary are all coming out to the LEC or will be, will be at the LEC uh, the first weekend of December. Um, so expect some uh, exhibition games then, most likely open to the public. Um, and as we get you know deeper in December, cuts will have to be made, rosters will be shortened, and teams will start to take shape. And as we're starting to see more and more these days, National Cross League general managers don't really like to bring in too many guys. Um, While they want to have a competitive camp and while they want to see guys battle for positions, because we're only, or the players are only allowed bound by the CBA to have so many practices and so many weekends of lacrosse, uh, we don't have a lot of time. So pretty much teams will have about four, maybe five weeks at most uh, to get a good look at everybody, um, to see what rookies fit in, to see who came into camp in shape, to see uh, who's going to be the surprise. Uh, maybe find a few diamonds in the rough in their rookie and, and open invitation camps. And then once we really get into the heart of December, you'll see your team take shape. Um, players are going to be left off your roster that are going to be pretty interesting. You'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just released so-and-so. Uh, and then fans will be like, oh my God, they released him. We need to go get them for our team. And that's going to happen. That's the way it works. Uh, players get released. 
Other GMs notice. They picked them up, worked them into their system. It's just the way sports goes. Um, uh, we've been, you know, dormy and quiet for the last few weeks. Um, there has been quite a bit that's gone on. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about some of those things. Um, the Arena Lacrosse League is a thing again. Still not really sold on it. Um, I'm interested to see how it's going to go. Uh, ultimately, again, uh, because, you know, and even worse now, because when it was CELAX, um, you know, guys were getting some monetary reimbursement. Uh, now guys, unless they can find a sponsor uh, who will sponsor the league, will have to pay $300 just to enter. Um, and then they won't see any money. So ultimately, you're, this league is going to be made up of guys that are from the Southern Ontario area, maybe the odd upstate New York guy. Uh, you're not going to see many Albertans or BC guys traveling out there, giving up work, family, or whatever to go play in, as Paul St. John has called it, an amateur league. So um, while they want to kind of be a quote-unquote farm system and a feeder system for the National Lacrosse League, uh, so they can allow kids to keep their stick in their hands and keep playing, which is exactly what we need. Um, I'm just still not sold on it. Um, I think it's great. As I said, this is exactly what lacrosse needs. We need a system like this. Um, but if you're not going to pay guys, you're not going to get everybody out. And if you're going to confine it to Southern Ontario, which I can understand for cost reasons is why it's being done. Um, you're still not going to get, um, a wide variety and, of, uh, and look at people. So, um, the ALL is back. They're going to start in January. Um, we'll keep tabs on it and see how they do. We wish them the best of luck, but um, we've seen, you know, other leagues try and start up and not have success. Sealax uh, was probably the best of all the infancy leagues that started up, but we've just seen that fold its doors, which spurred uh, Paul St. John, which who was an original member of the Sealax family when it first started. That was sort of his baby. Um, and now he's trying to bring the ALL back into fruition, play under NLL rules, which I think is imperative. And so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, what else has gone on? Uh, we talked about Rabel before the break. Um, Tom Schreiber and, and a couple other Americans have signed with Toronto. We still don't really know how all that's going to play out. Um, there are more guys uh, that are American MLL guys that are signing uh, National Lacrosse League contracts. And that's, you know... That's important for the fact that we need more Americans to play because, and I've said this um, uh, on every show that I've been on when this conversation has been brought up, uh, if you're going to have teams in America, in the United States, south of the border, and you're going to want it to survive and you're going to want popularity and you're going to want kids to come and watch, you're going to want families to shell out money to go and watch, you need to have Americans playing. And you need the vast majority of the best Americans in the world playing. So I'm still holding out hope that the NLL and the MLL can find some common ground somehow, some way, shape, or form that will allow everybody to play. Uh, both, ultimately. Um, and, you know, we're seeing more NLL guys. We're not more. I, I think we've kind of seen a bit of a drop in the numbers of NLL guys playing MLL as well. Um uh, one press release from the Black Wolves came out that Sean Wolf, uh, Sean, Sean Wolves, Sean Evans 
was going to throw his name into the MLL player pool. Uh, it would make sense that he goes to the Boston Cannons, working with New England, and uh, his lacrosse camp nationwide can do a lot of stuff there. Um, that's huge. Uh, Hank Hawkins, who's a Boston Cannon, is going to try his kick at the can with the Black Wolves, so it kind of goes both ways. It'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out uh, at the end. Um, but as I said, the more Americans playing, the better for everybody uh, and the better for the growth of the game because without the Americans playing, you're never going to get uh, the true American viewers uh, and, and the eyes that we need to make this game grow. Uh, we're going to hear from the Commissioner Nick Sakevich in a little bit, uh, and, and he goes on and on, and he continues to talk about starting grassroots programs and getting uh, these systems in place so that the grassroots can be a big thing. Um, this is a huge starting point. Getting Americans, top-level Americans, playing indoors, playing the box game, playing it right, and showing these kids who are part of U.S. Box uh, and who are part of the junior programs of these National Lacrosse League teams um, what it takes and what you can accomplish if you commit 100% to the indoor game. Uh, we're also going to hear from Mikey Poulin in a little bit, but first, uh, it's always great to have him on the show. He is the commissioner of the National Crossing. He's just pretty much finishing his first year in office as America gets to elect their new head of office in the presidential election. The commissioner, Nick Sakevich, joins us on the show, and I got to ask you, uh, it's getting late in the day, Nick, but uh, have you voted yet? <laughs> yes, very early this morning <laughs> I did. Needed to, needed to get that out of the way because there's so much work to do here at the National Lacrosse League. Has it been uh, just a complete chaos like we've been watching from afar, but as an American down there, has it just been a, a head-scratcher, all this going on? Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't term it as chaos. You know, it's always embellished the the – the media has a great way of kind of positioning it a certain way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word chaos. It's been, uh, it's been head scratching though. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, you, you always wonder in these opportunities to display great leadership. Um, sometimes those opportunities aren't taken. So it's, uh, I guess that's the head scratching part. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, you've taken this opportunity and the leadership role with the National Lacrosse League. Um, you're basically coming to the end of your first full year. How would you grade yourself? Oh, I leave that. Uh, I don't. I don't grade myself. I just <laughs> keep my nose down to the grindstone and keep plugging away and chipping away. You know, it's a, it, this, this project is uh, a long-term project. It's uh, this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm -hmm. So you can uh, you can grade me when the marathon's over. <laughs> other 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 people grade me but we got to keep chipping away you know 2016 um brought major changes to our league uh including new additions to front office staff and a new strategic plan that the the owners have uh have supported and, and i'm very grateful that, to that as you know we we hired uh, a new chief marketing officer a new chief operating officer and a new Chief Revenue Officer, in mm. addition to myself coming in in January, um, and some other key corporate staff. <clears throat> and I think with this this team in place, which has, by the way, and we tallied this up uh, just over over drinks the other night. I think we have like close to a hundred plus years of professional sports experience. Wow! All at the team, all at the team level. Some of us at the league level. 
mm-hmm. um, but mostly at the mostly at the team level. And then for for giggles, we just kind of were all tallying up how many tickets how many tickets we sold over the years. <laughs> It, it's literally tens of millions. <laughs> wow! wow. <laughs> we're old. We're old here. Um, but but we're with this team in place. We we're really uh, we're really prepared to make huge strides in the next few years. You know, in in Philadelphia here, you know, we relocated the league's offices back in early July. Um, and and here in Philly, we're like really centrally located to the. Northeast corridor, which is a lacrosse hotbed, and mm-hmm. you know we've got we've got access to loyal fans and connections to top sports executives in the country in our new home here. So it's great to be. Uh, we've only been here for maybe four months now. So, what do you say to the people who might have a bit of concern that that while you guys have um, years and years and years of sports experience and ticket sales? Uh, you're still very green in the lacrosse world and and you're bringing in the people who you are familiar with to basically a a brand new venue. Uh, What do you say to those people to give them hope that that the the Board of Governors and the owners made the right decision in bringing you on and and your group of people? Well, um, you know, on my senior staff is, you know, in charge of lacrosse operations is our vice president of lacrosse operations, Brian Lemon, who Mm -hmm. played many years in our league and who has been our vice president of lacrosse operations for uh, over a decade, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and Brian's the lacrosse expert, you know, with regards to the with regards to the league. Um, it, it, what we're trying to do is, is invoke a strategic vision, which we rolled out back in May, if you recall, yeah. and we yeah. outlined at that time, we outlined a five-year strategic plan focused on aggressive goals to further expand the league and the sport of lacrosse. It's not about the sport. It's about expanding the league through the sport of lacrosse. So I'll leave the competition and the rules and the, nuances to to Brian and I'll work with him to support that. I think many people uh will say that our product is fantastic and mm-hmm. it's only gotten stronger over the years. Um we we have we have the best lacrosse in the world in our yeah, absolutely. and that's uh unequivocal. We have the best athletes. We we play the best game and, and it's the most entertaining and the highest attended. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that that's a vote from the fans, not a comment from me. So Absolutely. our lacrosse is good. We don't we don't have a product issue. We have to expand the league and we have to grow the sport of lacrosse, continue to nurture it above the Canadian US border and Absolutely. really grow box lacrosse south of the US Canadian border. And you know, we started executing in that um, in the new budget year, which started July one, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, I, I inherited a, a, an old budget, so I had to comply to that up until June thirtieth. But July one, we started executing on a new budget and executing the new plan. You know, and our and our plan consists of five key pillars, which I yeah. articulated back in I think it was May or June, and that is, you know, we're very focused on digital marketing. Um, building a digital platform to communicate better uh, to our fans and to make the fan experience better. We're focused on commercial sales as the second pillar, uh, the whole commercial sales platform and 
you're going to you're seeing new announcements come out on new commercial partners um mm-hmm. which are going to be ongoing here um team services a function so that team services function which is led by our COO is both in in terms of helping existing teams um with their businesses and and grow their local businesses in addition to onboarding new teams when they come on board and then uh, a grassroots advocacy program and a grassroots uh, business, um, as well as all, you know, if we do all of that right, I've always said expansion will come. Yeah. And um, right now we're focusing, you know, really on getting the league's uh, marketing uh, platform up and running, our website uh, rebuilt and relaunched. Um, our, there's going to be great news on on NLL's uh, video platform and NLL TV. You, you all got a taste of that in the playoffs last year, when we when we tested NLL TV for the playoffs, um, and that's just all being designed to enhance the fan experience and make our game and content more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the focus is on digital. Uh, the future is digital. I think you're seeing that in many other sports. Um, there's a lot of discourse and dialogue about uh, digital strategy, and and our league is very committed to investing in innovative digital programming that will continue to propel this league forward into the modern era of sports. And that's what we are very focused on. It's not just a vision, mm-hmm. but we're making big investments right now in that digital video platform. NLL Productions, which was announced back in in the summer, in August, I think, we launched NLL Productions, which is a, a digital content studio up in uh, in Oakville, at the mm-hmm. um, headquartered at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center, um, which will generate and distribute a steady stream of video content across uh, all our league channels. Uh, NLL Productions uh, will drive more fan engagement. We'll connect with our key audiences and give them access to exclusive interviews and sneak peeks and highlights and all of that stuff um, to make the fan experience um, better and to really showcase, Teddy, the the world-class athletes and players that we have, which which we haven't really unlocked outside the arena before. And this digital digital platform and this access for the fans um, is going to unlock that. And you know we're investing in the fan yeah. experience. We're yeah. we're very focused on elevating the fan experience and taking it out of the arena and and putting it out on mobile applications, on on televisions, on on computer screens, which are televisions and computer screens seem to be one and the same today. Yeah. Um, with he- with heavy video content and fan involvement by allowing more access to league news, schedules, statistics, and player profiles, and all of that. Is 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 a big investment for this league, and we're and we're you know we're managing and we're ushering that investment to uh, to launch here before the season starts. Uh, speaking with the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, Nick Sukevich, uh let's maybe try and give some fans something to look forward to. Uh, any maybe release date on this new website that you guys are working on? Um, no dates in particular. I will tell you that. Um, the rebrand of mm-hmm. the league's uh, logo and narrative is uh, going to be announced before the season starts. Um, oh, a new logo that I can that I can confidently say it, it's not just a new logo, but it's a new it's a new narrative about 
who the who the National Lacrosse League is and what we're all about. And and, and yeah, there's a there's a new logo um, that's coming and a new design that's that's really updating us and putting us into a more modern era of sport. And yeah. and and it's after 30 years, it's time mm-hmm. to refresh our our mark and our image. But it's really the narrative behind that image that's going to be so important for us to communicate to our fans. So that's coming. We are uh, we are going to be launching, and this is what's going to really get the fans excited, is we're going to be launching that, that video hub, um, that mm-hmm. NLL TV uh, product very soon, which will give just greater accessibility for the fans to all that stuff I talked about previously yeah. with not not just streaming of our games, every one of our games, and access to every one of our games, but also what's coming out of Toronto um, and what Mia Gordon is working on at our NLL production studio, which is everything from you know pre-weekend um, shows uh, to post-weekend wrap-up shows and highlights and player profiles and feature stories on players and all mm-hmm. of that stuff um, is being created and uploaded onto the video hub and fans will have access to that. Um, do we know, have you guys made a decision yet if that's going to be a paid for service or if it's going to be a, a free service for fans? Um, we haven't announced um, a, any of the packages yet, but, right. but I will I will confidently tell you that there will be a lot of free content programming. Okay. Um, there, there will be um, uh, advertiser-paid streaming mm-hmm. of games that will be out there. So there'll be plenty of free content for fans to absorb, and then there'll be a paid package. And mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't finalized um, the pricing on the paid package. What we're really trying to do is get as many sponsors as we can to underwrite the costs because it's very expensive to produce these games. So we're, we're trying to line line up as many sponsors as we can to help keep the the costs um, very, very reasonable on the paid package piece Mm -hmm. of it. But I will, I will tell you it's going to be very inexpensive no matter what, because we're, we're trying to really, we're trying to really make our, our, we're trying to make every game um, available to the marketplace, to anyone that wants to watch it, and in the in the paid packages, we are really focused at making it very very affordable in in the early days. Um, for for Canadian fans, we've gotten used to a little bit of uh, NLL on TSN during the weekends. Uh, is that still part of the plan? Will fans in Canada be able to sit back on their TV with a cold one and watch some games? <laughs> You know, we're 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 talking to TSN. Um, the the answer is is yes because okay. with the OTT with the OTT platform um, and, and our streaming capabilities, uh, fans can sit back on the couch and put their televisions on and and stream the games um, onto their TVs. Mm-hmm. Specifically to TSN, uh, we've had a lot of conversations with them and ongoing conversations with them on on a linear package right. um th- it does not look like right now that we're going to have uh TSN do a linear package okay. for us but uh but never say never uh, yeah. we're still in conversation we're still in conversations with them and we're hopeful um that they'll be able to be able to do something but it, it really 
you know, it really sits in their in their court right now. Right. Um, we we're going digital, and yeah. what di- what digital will allow you to do, whether it's on an iPhone or on a smart fifty two inch TV screen in front of yeah. your couch, you can watch NLL this year. Yeah. That okay. that I can assure everybody. Awesome. Um, last so whether time we, again, yeah. I just I just want to be clear whether yeah. it's, whether it's TSN or whatever it is. Whatever um, it is yeah. It, it will be NLL TV will be available to everybody That's awesome. via stream awesome. in multiple in multiple channels. Yeah, perfect. Um, the last time we talked, you said uh, fans need to be patient uh, in the terms of expansion. Uh, have we gotten anywhere closer? Because you were always of the mindset that you wanted to give new teams almost a full year to get themselves ready, and we're kind of closing in on that barrier. Has there been any uh, movement towards? Uh, getting maybe people who are close to signing on a dotted line. Uh, yeah, there's there's a, a just a tremendous amount of conversations going on right now. Um, some of them new, some of them have been ongoing, and and I can't really comment on specifics of some of the more detailed conversations. Um, you know, I, I will tell you, I've been traveling a lot, uh, visiting these cities. We've got well over thirty. Um, conversations going on, and candidly, they're uh, by and large, virtually all of them, with the exception of maybe two or three, are with NHL and NBA operators wow, awesome. and arena o- and arena owners and operators. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be in Toronto um, next week, um, speaking at a at a hockey conference, um, primetime sports hockey conference. Awesome. Um, at the um at the Westin in Toronto and you know we're having a lot of conversations within the National Hockey League as well as um NBA teams that have primary arenas and secondary arenas like I said over 30 of them um Fantastic. so it it it's really created a buzz and very busy for us right now and you know I just want everybody to understand that you know for nearly a decade our league has um has not expanded, mm-hmm. and and it's it's good news and bad news. The bad news is is that we haven't expanded in in, a de- in almost a decade, but the good news is that our league is in in very good shape and very uh, stable. Um, so when we're out there talking to expansion markets and we're talking to owners and NHL teams and NBA teams, the most important thing is to do it right. Yeah. Do it right in the right building. Do it right in the right market, have the right owner, invest the right infrastructure to make sure that that team is around forever. And I'll just remind everybody, we've been in a lot of cities yeah. once. And and my my job and our job at the league office is to make sure we go into a city and we're there forever. Yeah. And and that's and that doesn't happen overnight. It's a it's a process. And the process that we have to be very diligent in doing, and and those other topics I talked about earlier in this interview, mm-hmm. digital platform, commercial sales, increasing the fan experience, taking the yeah. fan experience outside of the arena, all those things build upon the ultimate goal of doing a proper expansion in the proper way, and being very diligent about that. And uh, and I want everybody to understand that we're going to stick to our plan of the proper owner in the right arena, yeah. in the right marketplace. 
A um, couple things before we let you go. Um, most recently, uh, Paul St. John relaunched the Arena Lacrosse League. Um, and they are kind of going of the NLL rule, route, playing under NLL rules. And, and he wants to sort of be a pseudo uh, farm league. Um, have you had any conversations with Paul and working with them or what he's doing in Southern Ontario with his not pro amateur league? Yeah, um, they've reached out, and we we definitely want to learn what they're doing and and support them in the best way that we can. Um, we think that's great. Uh, I'm trying to um, schedule a time to meet with them when I'm up in Toronto next week. So uh, we'll 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 see. And you know, all we can do is support them the best we can and wish them uh, wish them luck for sure. Um, finally, uh, take your commissioner hat off and put your fan hat on. Uh, you're a new fan to the National Lacrosse League. What are you looking most forward to uh, in the 2017 season? Well, I, I am a fan now, and I can't wait yeah. for the season to start. <laughs> you know, I'm really excited. In fact, the, the preseason schedule is getting rolled out. I think we rolled it out uh, along with uh, – I think we're announcing some new rules coming um, uh, either today or tomorrow. Um, but I can't wait for preseason. Actually, I'm planning on getting myself out to some preseason games. But just the just the game itself, it's yeah. it's like uh, you know it's, it's addicting, and um, you know I'm I'm addicted now, and it's uh, unbelievable for me to say that. Just you know a year later, yeah. a year ago, a year ago now, I didn't know much about this game, and now I can't I can't wait for opening night. We got a great opening night on the 29th and of December, and just the whole season's really looking forward to it, looking forward to getting out to all the venues and, you know, the just seeing some of the fans. But really it's about the competition. It's about the yeah. players. It's about the great product they put on the floor, and I can't wait. Can't wait for uh, opening night. Can Can you maybe let us in on what some of these new rule changes are going to be, or do we have? are you going to make us wait like everybody else? I'm gonna make you wait. I'm gonna make you wait. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna I'm gonna suggest. I think we're releasing it today or tomorrow. I'm not exactly sure. We have so many releases that are in the queue. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna defer. I'm gonna defer to Brian Lemon. Uh, Fair so enough. Maybe, maybe we'll set up. Maybe we'll set up a press conference or conference call with everybody to awesome. queue everyone in on some of the rule changes. Uh, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, the the biggest one. I'll give you something to chew on here. The biggest we one go. is we're going to a we're going to uh, a four uh, four man referee system. Oh wow! Three on the floor, three on the floor, and one off. And, nice. Uh, we're, we're upgrading the refereeing. You know the the number of referees. You know our officials yeah. are fantastic, but two on the floor in the last few seasons has been tough. And yeah, absolutely. you know with our with a you know box lacrosse is an incredibly fast paced back and forth sport. And an extra referee in the field uh, on the floor is going to help our officials in all aspects of the game, I think. So um, hats off to the board for approving that, and hats off to Brian for pulling it together. And I think three officials on the floor is just going to make the game that much better. Absolutely. Uh, It's always a pleasure catching up with you, sir. I appreciate the time. Uh, Enjoy Election Day, and I'm sure we'll see you at a (laughs) ring soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Teddy. Cheers. There he is, the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League, Nick Sakevich. A uh, couple interesting tidbits uh, from the commission in that interview. Uh, the one that really stood out for me and kind of caught me by surprise was the new logo. Um, and it's important to say that the logo is, is going to bring the NLL up to date and alongside with the big leagues and modernize the look and the narrative. 
Um, and he says that people just, you know, don't jump to conclusions. Make sure you just wait and check it out and, and see uh, how much research they went in to actually making this new logo. And when he says that to me, I almost think, and again, I'm not putting cart in front of horse or jumping to conclusions, but the National Lacrosse League has really been going, in my opinion, towards reconnecting with the native heritage of the sport. Um, you know, it, it helps with, with the Thompsons and Brett Bucktooth um, and, and Randy Stats and Johnny Palace and Cody Jamison and Sid Smith and, and all these Native American kids and the Iroquois guys that are, you know, revitalizing the sport for an entire generation. And it almost makes me think that this new logo might go somewhere that direction. I don't know why, um, but when he talks about, you know, the research that went into this and changing the narrative and 30-year history, I don't know what else you can do with the logo. I actually really like the National Lacrosse League logo. I think it was pretty standard. Um, it kind of went along with all the other leagues. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. Hopefully it'll be unveiled um, in the coming weeks. Uh, one of the other things that he mentioned uh, was the rule changes uh, and talking about bringing another official onto the field. I think this is fantastic. Uh, I've been a proponent for this for a couple years now, so there's going to be four officials, three on the floor, one on the box. Um, we're going to try to get Mark Lemon on uh, maybe next week just to talk to him about uh, some of these changes, uh, why they've decided to bring the third official in, what's his role going to be, is he just going to be a face-off and watching the boxes kind of guy, or is it going to be a floating system kind of like they do in the playoffs? I hope that that's the way that they go, and I have a feeling that they will go in that direction. They're not going to bring a third official on and just have him watch changes and do face-offs. Um, one of the big issues was always cost, and I think if you're going to add a third body, you might as well have him playing a vital role. And so that's my feeling of how they will go about this uh, when they bring in another official. I'm interested to see what the other rules changes are going to be. I, I don't think they're going to be drastic, um, especially since we're, you know, a month and what, 11 days away or 21 days, uh, seven weeks or so away from the first game. It'll be interesting if they invoke any major rule changes. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that... Um, you know, they'll just keep tinkering with a few things. Uh, for me, there are some things I would like to change. I, I know they want to speed up the lacrosse game and, and speed up the game of lacrosse and not have the delays and, and guys throwing balls away and stuff like that, rolling into the corner. Uh, but I think for viewer friendliness of people watching, whether it be on a computer, um, whether it be watching on a television set or wherever, uh, I think the game at times is too fast. And when I say it's too fast is it's because it doesn't allow the game to breathe. When you watch a hockey game and a goalie makes a save, the play gets blown dead, uh, there's line changes, and, and you get a 30-second breather. And everyone can just relax a minute. Uh, they can show replays. You won't miss action because the game's not starting so quick. And that's one of the big issues a lot of fans have is that, you know, for example, Anthony Cosmo makes a miraculous save robbing Sean Evans on the crease, gets a whistle, blows play is blown dead, and everyone's like, oh, what a chance. I would love to see that replay again. And they're showing it on the replay screen in the arena. They're showing the replay on television slash on the computer. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, what a save. And all of a sudden you hear the crowd go nuts, and they've scored going the other way, and you miss it because you're trying to watch the replay. 
So if we allowed the game a few more seconds of breathing room and some time to marinate, we can improve the fan experience, not only at the arena, but also the eyes watching at home. Because that's a huge thing. And that's one of the things that people often complain about about the sport of lacrosse, whether it be uh, the NLL or Canadian Summer Lacrosse, is that at times the game is too fast and new fans are often deterred because they don't know what's going on. And, and that's always been an issue with the game of lacrosse because you can be watching the ball and have your eyes focused on Dan Dawson going one-on-one with Sid Smith, and then all of a sudden the referee on the other side of the floor blows play dead, and next thing you know, Dawson's picked the ball up, Sid Smith's picked it up and thrown it down the floor, and, and no one knows what happened. When in reality, say it was a moving pick or a holding away from the ball, and because you were so focused on Dan Dawson with the ball, you didn't see what happened. So the game needs, the game is fast. It's the fastest game on two feet. It, it is an incredible sport, and it is the best sport that I love. And it is this best sport going and incredible talent and incredible skill and speed and, and poetry in motion. I'll say it. But sometimes we just need to step back, take a breath, and then get going again. It doesn't always have to be boom, 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 boom. Like when a goal is scored and they want to get the faceoff going within like 10 seconds or whatever it is. We don't have time for fans to celebrate. We don't have time for the players to get energetic and emotional and to check out the replay because it happens so fast. It's ball scored, referee picks it up, chucks it up to the official at center, and within 15 seconds, the game's already started again. What's the rush? We'll talk to Brian Lemon about that in weeks to come because it's it's always been something I've wondered, uh, and it's always been something that uh, I've wanted um, them to look at because it, it is a great game. I think sometimes we just need to slow it down because it is so fast. I'm sure Mike Poulin uh, would love to see things slow down from time to time. He is a very busy man, a father of two, um, a husband. Uh, a tireless worker, and apparently, apparently, he's into yoga. We're going to talk about that with Mike Poole, and he made the decision at the end of last year that his time in Calgary had finished, and that as a free agent, he had the right to do and go where he pleased, and he chose the Georgia Swarm. I have a feeling he will be their number one guy coming out of camp. I think he'll be their number one guy going into camp. But that's not my decision. That's up to Eddie Como, John Arlotta, and the rest of the Swarm staff. But he joins us now on the show. One of the nicest guys in all of lacrosse. MP30 on Twitter. You can follow him there. He is Mike Poulin. Pooley, my friend. Long time no talk. How are you? I'm great, Teddy. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, we're going to get to the Georgia stuff uh, in a minute. But it's the offseason still. And guys are getting prepared and ready uh, for training camps. What's the offseason been like for you since uh, summer ball ended? Um, it's been busy. I actually, it's been a bit of a transition because, uh, you know, changing teams, I was used to having a strength and conditioning coach with Calgary who, uh, Chris Osmond is one of the best and he always had us set up. So I actually hired a, a guy out of uh, Nashville, a friend of mine, Mike Krzyzewski, who moved down there to work with a lot of Nashville Predator guys and he got me on a program. So it has been a busy time in terms of training. Yeah. Um, and work and family life, you throw that on top and 
just, uh, you know, and obviously cheering on the Blue Jays when they had their run. So it's been a big <laughs> yeah. time. Um, are, are you trying to be as big as Aaron Bold and Matt Vince, or are you trying to just get quicker and more agile? Uh, you know what? A little bit of both. Bold and both. Nice. You know, are uh, some of my favorite social media followers because they're so passionate about, uh, you know, fitness and, mm-hmm. and doing what it takes outside of the uh, the arena to uh, to be a better goalie. And, I mean, who better to learn from for young goalies than, than guys like those in terms of the work that it takes? So, I've always tried to, um, you know, to gain size, but as well stay agile. So I do things like uh, strength and Olympic training, um, mm-hmm. but as well, you know, I mix in yoga and mix in, you know, other stuff to keep me flexible and, uh, you know, obviously interval training to keep me fast, stuff like that. So I'm all over the map when it comes to training, to be honest. Uh, I like hearing uh, you're a yoga man. Um, what's uh, What's your go-to yoga class? All right, well, I started out with, uh, YouTube. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I just wanted to kind of get in, into it, but I didn't know, uh, you know, I didn't want to sign up for something, go to a class and be like, oh, this isn't for me. I'm out of place. Yeah. So I started out on YouTube. I think it was called Yoga with Tim or something. Just okay. awesome little kind of intro into it. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I got into hot yoga here in, in Kitchener-Waterloo. Um, you know, awesome trainer, Katrina Huswit in, uh, in town here who puts on an unbelievable program. So uh, just loving that right now, but once a week. Awesome, man. Uh, I, I've been teaching yoga for a little bit over a year now, and I absolutely love it. And I wish I was into it more when I was playing lacrosse. My, my first ever yoga class was a 90-minute intermediate power class, and, <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. And, and for someone who's been through yoga like yourself, you know how hard that can be. And when you're not oh, getting yeah. the adjustments or proper instructions, I was sweating by the end of it. I almost passed out, and I was like, why do people do this? This is stupid. <laughs> this is what this is what yoga is, and then it, it took me like four or five years. I didn't do it, and then I got back into it, and and it was life changing. And I think more guys should, especially with the rigors of the busy lacrosse schedule, summer and winter. I think yoga is a great thing for guys to be doing because it's so good for your joints and your muscles and just your personal well being. And that's just it. So for me, I you know sit at a desk eight hours a day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that it's tough to get into a lot of times as a guy mm-hmm. and an athlete. But once you start to feel the benefits of, um, you know, of doing something other than, you know, lifting weights heavy and feeling, you know, how your muscles feel after that versus yeah. how good they feel after doing something like yoga, it's an immediate add to your training list for lacrosse. Yeah, especially with all the, the traveling that we're doing through airports yeah. and, and sitting yeah. in planes after games, if you can get down on the ground instead of having a nap and four beers, maybe have a nap, two <laughs> beers, and do a couple down dogs while you're sitting there waiting for your plane. It will do body your body wonders, and, and guys will really start to feel the benefits from it. Um, as a goalie who's been in this league for, uh, you know, over 10 years, and you talk about, you know, great people for young goalies to learn from are Aaron Bold and, and Matt Vince. But as a guy who's been in this league for some for such a long time already, what do you need to to improve on as a goalie in your mind to make sure this is your best year? Um, you know what, it's uh, it's a good question because like, you always need to be working on on improving yourself, no matter what stage of your career you're in, in life and family and work and and lacrosse. And to be specific to that, uh, you know, I'd look on a personal level as um, you know, I used to look at stats a lot. I used to be very much, okay, here's my save percentage. Um, here's my, 
uh, you know, here's here's my goals again. Here's what it needs to be. And I've kind of what I've I've really focused on the latter part of my career in terms of self improvement is just being the big save guy. I don't mm. need to worry about stats. Uh, you know, I don't you know necessarily care too much about goals against average because it it really is a team number, not a goalie specific number. If you, right. you know, personally speaking, but I I want to really be focusing on uh, you know the fourth quarter and last two minutes of every quarter. Uh, just kind of working on being mentally strong to be a big save guy and a big game guy. I think one of the things that has always stuck out to me about you and your play is is the fact that the, that you are a team guy. Uh, how tough was it for you last year, sort of not to be the number one guy in Calgary? And I know you were cheering Frankie on and happy for him to see the success. But as a goalie, I'm sure you would have loved to be that number one guy. But how tougher was it for you not to be that guy and, and have to be sort of in the backup role and then later on in the year come in and, and kind of spark Calgary through that run near the end of the year? It was tough. Um, just just because I, you know, I, I wanted it so bad. I wanted to go and have a good final year. I knew I knew 100% it was going to be my final year with Calgary. Yeah. I had one more year under contract, and then I was a free agent. So I knew going into the season that that you know they wanted me back to be a mentor and help Frankie along. Uh, so in terms of of knowing the situation, uh, it was tough because I, I just wanted to be such you know I wanted it to be a you know a better story than just being, you know, the backup mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I love that organization and, and, and team and, and Frankie. Uh, so that's why I was like, you know what, I will go back and do this. Um, yeah. I wasn't going to hold out and force my hand or anything like that because uh, I thought, you know, they've done a lot for me and I'm going to, I'm going to do them this, but, and I knew it wasn't going to be very, very good for me in a free agent market to, uh, be coming in as a 30-year-old um, backup. Yeah. So I, I had a lot to gain out of getting in there and playing well, and I had a lot to lose if if I didn't. So um, in terms of backing up Frankie, I was more than happy to teach him along because he was such, he is such a great guy. Yeah. Uh, at first, you know, it took me some time to really put my head around what I was planning to do and, and what was going to happen because I think, it, you know, Calgary's plan might have been too is wait to see how things go and then trade me and get an asset yeah. back. So it was it was a, a tough year just not knowing what was all going to come, and then when I got my shot, uh, that's kind of where a lot of things came into it too. Knowing, hey, you're playing for this year and next year, you're playing for this group of guys that you love. So when I got my my shot, uh, it wasn't hard to kind of stay motivated to keep going, and and that was a big self improvement thing too. Was was digging deeper to find different motivations. Uh, you know, a lot of young guys. Uh, they're coming into this league smarter than than when you and you know you were playing and when I came into this league yeah. because it, it was a fun league you know it was hey let's go play lacrosse and, <laughs> yeah absolutely and make some you know a little bit of a pocket change and and get to fly places with your buddies and but now guys are coming in and, and they're so smart and I think they've seen you know leadership from guys like Dan Dawson uh, you know playing and, and and just being around better people it really drives people that want to be more successful so. I look at it too now, like, okay, there's some really good young goalies, uh, good young players, um, you know, wanting jobs, and there's only so many, and until expansion comes, there's only, you know, so much opportunity, so yeah. that needs to drive me in to, to be more uh, more focused on playing and in the gym more to stay ready and in, in the yoga studio to stay prepared and stuff like this. So it's, it's really just a, you know, it took what could have been a really big negative for me 
mm-hmm. and just kind of finding, you know, a small bit of positive in terms of getting an opportunity to play. And I just ran with it and, uh, you know, enjoyed, enjoyed everything that came with it along the way. Uh, you speak of young goalies coming up and young players. Uh, there is one already there in Calgary, Christian Del Bianco, and everyone feels that he's sort of going to be the next big goaltender in the NLL and in lacrosse in general. Uh, from a guy that got to see him on a weekly basis, how would you evaluate his ability to become that next big goalie? Man, first weekend of training camp, I said, wow, this kid's good. Mm, um, yeah. He's special. Like he, He's a different style than we're used to because he's – so active and he's smaller, but he he plays the game the right way. I think he steps out and he's active, and he's you know he wants to win. Like that guy was chirping guys in his first <laughs> exhibition game against Vancouver, and I'm yeah. sitting here like, what are you doing? And he's just like he's he's a, a fun guy. Like he he's a good guy. Sorry, um, I got along with him really well. I mean, you know, we, I still laugh thinking the night before a game early in the year he came to New England with us. And the team went out for, you know, we, we split up to go for a meal. And he and I went to McDonald's, kind of just a goalie thing. And we went yeah. and we had a good chat and I got to know him better. Um, but, I mean, that guy just lives and breathes lacrosse. And I think it's yeah. a goalie thing. I've, I'm, a lot of young goalies I meet, uh, Kevin Orleman's another one. These guys just breathe lacrosse. Yeah. And um, and when they, you know, <laughs> I can guarantee those are two guys, and, and Christian specifically, when he gets his opportunity He's going to show what he, what he can do because that Absolutely. guy is just driven and super talented. Speak with Mike Poole and goaltender of the Georgia Swarm here on OTCB. Let's talk about the move. Uh, what was uh, luring for you to, to make Georgia your new home? Uh, well, they, uh, they expressed interest that they wanted me, and that was, that was key. Um, 12 o'clock on August 1st was when free agency started. And yeah. uh, I kid you not, my phone rang at 1201. <laughs> um, just past midnight, my phone rang and it was John Arlotta, uh saying, you know, he's super excited for the opportunity to chat. He's in town and he wants to have breakfast tomorrow. So yeah. <laughs> that knocked my socks off. And yeah. uh, so the next morning I met with John and, and Eddie Como and um, they talked about their plan to, to win now. And, they feel like they've built a team that's that's almost there, and they, you know there's a key, couple key pieces missing that they wanted to address. I think they did a good job of it this off season. Uh, so the desire to have me a part of that team, and you know building a, a, a team that can win and be very competitive for the next couple of years was also extremely important because at this stage of my career, I think you know a championship is is one thing that's been missing, and and you know it's it's my desire and my kind of thing that's just on my shelf that I'm looking at wondering, you know, am I ever going to get one? And mm-hmm. so it was important for me to go to a team that is, uh, is going to be competitive. And I think George is, is right there. Absolutely. Uh, they, they are right there. Uh, obviously the injury to Jesse King is a huge loss, but uh, they added some nice pieces. And of course, Randy Stats is still there and Johnny Palace is still, they still have some really good veteran pieces, but as a goaltender playing behind that defensive unit, what do you like about their defense? Well, the first thing was hiring uh, Dan Latasor to coach yeah. it. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you do look at the stats, uh, you know, they didn't have a great year defensively last year. They gave up the second most goals. Um, you know, so I knew right off the bat bringing in a guy like Dan was going to be a big part of a turnaround there. Um, you know, they they focused their draft on on adding D guys, so they did bring in guys and they're and they're inviting guys to make it a competitive camp. 
Um, you know, obviously they can score. They they also scored the mm-hmm. second most, so they can score a lot. There's a lot of creativity up there. Uh, bringing in a guy like Jordan Hall who can go both ways and be a leader and who's a, a veteran guy, I think was a great move. Yeah. Um, so th- they're doing the right things, and, and it's just a matter of everything coming together, and hopefully I can be a bit of a, a difference maker in terms of bringing that goals against average down and uh, and helping us win a few more games. Uh, you talk about uh, bringing guys in. There's actually going to be four goaltenders in camp. Uh, you, uh, Adam Shute, Brody McDonald, and Warren Hill. As a goalie who's been in this league for a long time, you've been through a lot of camps, what's your focus going in knowing that there is a bit of a competition, but you are kind of looked at to be the guy? Yeah, I've, uh, you know, it's, I've been through every type of camp. I've been through ones where um, I, I'm the starter in Calgary. I've been through ones where I'm the, the, the definitive backup in Toronto with Whipper. Mm-hmm. And then I've had situations where I've gone to camp in, in Boston thinking, hey, I'm, I'm the young guy here and it's my shot. And then something like Chicago Holding brings in Anthony Cosmo. So you yeah, never right. know what's going to happen. Um, you know, you never know who's going to have the best camp. You never know who's going to give the team the best opportunity to win. So when, when, you know, I had a talk with Eddie Como the other night about camp and him saying, you know, we have four guys, it's going to be competitive and, you know, nothing's guaranteed. It really isn't in the sport yeah. because, you know, you have to keep focused on, on now and the future. So um, I, I haven't taken this position of I'm the starting goalie in Georgia. I'm just a goalie in Georgia. Uh, I want to come here and earn everything I'm given. So when I come to camp, and on December 2nd, I won't be coming in with uh, with any sort of ego or you know, pre-existing beliefs as to who I am on this team. Yeah. I'm coming in as a guy who's new to the team and, and you know wants to uh, wants to help it win. So I can assure you, I will be coming in driven to be the starter, but I'm not coming in with any expectations that anything's going to be handed to me. Nobody would expect anything less from you, my friend. Uh, you guys, you just said that you guys don't start until December. Yeah, we. Uh, this is another great thing. Again, in my uh, my choice for uh, for coming to Georgia is uh, all three weekends are in in Oakville at the at the track. So yeah. uh, travel is is going to be significantly better for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot more time at home and out and out of airports. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. But we go three week three weekends in December with uh, a scrimmage against the Rock and an exhibition game against the Rochester. So it'll be it'll be a condensed uh, competitive camp and. I think they said they're not going to be bringing out, you know, 40, 50 guys to just go battle. It's, they know who our offense is. We're going to be competitive yeah. on defensive ends. So uh, it's going to be a very good tight camp and a lot of battles to, uh, to not not just to make the team, but also to to show, you know, who our leadership group is and, and you know, who's going to step up to, to take this team to the next level. Well, my friend, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you back on the floor with the Swarm and new colors. It's going to be a bit different, but uh, – I know your play will be just as solid as ever. I appreciate you giving us some time, Mikey, and uh, all the best in 2017. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Man, I love talking to that guy. He's just so calm and well-spoken, professional, business-like, and has a real good attitude about his game and about where he is at in his career. And you heard him. He said, you know what, last year, I knew it was going to be my last year in Calgary. He kind of saw the writing on the wall uh, with Frankie there and with Christian Del Bianco. But he wanted to be the the true team guy that he is. He was going to be there for Frankie. And whenever Mouse was going to call on him, he was there to be the guy to make a big save. And he was a huge part of their run late in the season. And I truly do think he still can be one of the top goaltenders in the National Lacrosse League. And if Eddie Como can get that defense 
playing a little more consistently, use some of the athletes that they already have and some of the ones that they got in the draft, uh, I think you'll see a much improved Georgia Swarm team, uh, and they're going to be right in the mix of things again. Um, when you look at the East, uh, I'm funny enough, Paul Tutka apparently says that um, I was buying the Toronto Rock, um, but I think I might be selling on the Toronto Rock. Uh, I'm just, I just don't know how I feel about them going into camp. Uh, they have a major player announcement tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit here. Um, but you know, the way I look at it, uh, Buffalo, New England, right at the top, obviously Georgia is going to be right there as well. And you know, Rochester is going to want to make a turnaround, um, and get back into the playoffs. They missed it for the first time in, in God knows how long. Um, but I just, I, I just don't know how I feel about this rock squad. Um, they made some really nice pickups in the draft. Uh, but I just don't know if they're there yet. I think they've lost too many important veterans on their team. Um, and I don't know if Nick Rose can be the savior for that group in the back end. Um, I think Nick Rose is one of the best goaltender, one of the top goaltenders in the National Lacrosse League. I think he's going to be steady between the pipes again, but I don't think he's going to be the guy that's going to lift them into the playoffs. Um, I was talking with one National Lacrosse Leaguer today, and we were talking about the move that, uh, the announcement that Toronto's going to make tomorrow. And we were just looking at who are some of the guys on that Toronto Rock left side. You got LeBlanc, you got Ross, you got Mike McDonald, you got Turner Evans, you got Kyle Aquin, you got Reed Reinholdt. Um, you know, Ross has been in and out of the lineup with injury. Uh, LeBlanc has kind of tailed off a bit. He's still one of the premier power forwards in the game, but I think his game has kind of tailed off in the past few years. Um, Mike McDonald's never really gotten a shot anywhere, but I think he can be a steady game player, maybe a 10, 10 goal, 15, 20 assist guy. Um, I really like Reed Reinhold, but I think he might be better playing the two-way transition game, just like Kyle Aquin. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, with that left-handed side. And, and the announcement tomorrow, that it's it's most likely going to address uh, one of the people on that left-hand side. Um, I don't expect it to be a Paul Rabel announcement, as a lot of people are kind of crossing their fingers. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be um, a announcement of another kind for the Toronto Rock. So uh, we'll have to stay tuned for that. But um, for those of you hoping that it's an announcement that Paul Rabel is back, uh, don't get your hopes up. Um, so again, thanks to Mike Poulin for stopping by. Uh, I got all the time in the world for that guy. Just uh, a real class guy and, and one of those really great team guys as well. And I think he's going to do really well in Georgia and, and be a huge asset to that team. Um because as he said, they gave up the second most goals in the NLL last year while scoring the second most goals. So if he can allow that defense to be, you know, three spots better, uh, that puts them in a real good spot to be contenders in the East. And, um, you know, the, the pickup of Jordan Hall is huge. The, I still think the loss of Jesse King is crippling to that left side, and that was one of the major reasons they went out and got Jordan Hall. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on the swarm. But we're going to obviously keep an eye on everybody. Uh, there's there's lots to go on, uh, and we got a long time before the season actually starts, so uh, we don't want to keep you too long. couple other things before we let you go. Um, if you were watching the television on Sunday night, uh, as most people were, uh, you got to see a, a real cool thing um, and something I don't think I ever really thought I'd see 
uh, you know, TV shows have made lacrosse references before. Um, TV shows have had lacrosse sticks in the background. Um, of course, you know, uh, American Pie had the Great Falls team playing lacrosse. That was always cool to see when you first saw it. And then we had Crooked Arrow was like the first real, holy crap, there's an actual lacrosse movie out. But what the Simpsons did for lacrosse this weekend, um, I don't know if anybody will really be able to put a measuring stick on it. But the fact that this was one of the lines that was said in the movie can only help the growth of the game. Now hold on there. Lacrosse has the second highest concussion rate right after football. Safer than football. Safer than football. Safer than football. Safer than football. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, And then probably the coolest part of it, especially for me, um, and I know a lot of guys, especially a lot of Canadians, but, you know, for us guys that grew up in BC and more importantly us island guys, uh, when they made the gate reference, I truly was shocked. It caught me off guard, and it was one of the best moments in Simpsons history. I got him watching classic lacrosse matches. Textbook ankle breaker by Gary Gate. And Paul Gate with the dip and dunk. Now, I will give the Simpsons creators and writers um, a little bit of flack here. It would have been a whole lot better if you said Paul Gate with a classic Airgate. However, we'll let it slide. Uh, it was basically 30 minutes of endorsement for the game of lacrosse. It was fantastic. Uh, I have it on my PVR um, right along with the Tragically Hip concert and the entire s- series of Game of Thrones, Shawshank Redemption, an episode of Modern Family, and some drunk history. Of all things that are never getting erased off my PVR. It was just that good. And kudos uh, to the Simpsons for doing that. And it was just awesome. Just awesome. Uh, Before we let you go, uh, let's see if we can find any last final news and notes. Uh, And Oh, this one comes from Patty Gregoire, uh, who's becoming a, a real inside source uh, back east and for just breaking news and he's done a nice job um, you know putting out information there and getting in contact with people uh, he just tweeted out uh, a couple hours ago that Connor Brown announced today via Instagram he will be stepping away from hockey uh, and hearing he'll give the NL go- NLL a go with the stealth now if you may have forgotten uh, Connor Brown was drafted back in 2015 23rd overall by the Vancouver Stealth uh, he played for the Brampton Junior A this summer and got 36 points in 10 playoff games. He has 400 points in 96 games as a Halton Head Bulldogs playing Junior B. Uh, Gregoire goes on to say he's a big body that can create plays every time he touches the floor. Uh, he made sure to make sure there was no confusion. It's not the Connor Brown that plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This Connor Brown was playing in the ECHL with Quad City and Saginaw. But... Uh, I've talked with Doug Locker in the past. Uh, They've had Connor Brown on their holdout list since they drafted him two years ago, and they've kind of been waiting for this moment. Um, And I truly do feel that he could be the next 
Brad Self. He, he's just got that pedigree. He's got that incredible uh, fire inside. He's an incredible athlete. Uh, he can run the floor really well. He, he'd make smart decisions with the ball. Obviously, the jump to the National Cross League will be a big difference, but um, if you can get him on the floor, get him up to speed in the NLL game pretty quickly, uh, get him in a camp starting uh, next week, I think, um, get him on the floor, see what he can do, get him working under some of your veterans. I think Connor Brown will be a huge addition uh, to that tr- uh, Toronto Rock, uh, to the Vancouver Stealth back line. And if they you know, want to run him in a bit uh, of transition, uh, that can't hurt either. That'll kind of do it for today. Um, yeah, it was the, the first show back from a bit of a break. A um, couple fantastic guests in the commissioner, Nick Sakevich, uh, who we're going to try to have on quite frequently just to kind of get up on things and, and see how things are going. We'll maybe delve in to some of the other people in the staff, the CMO, the CRO, COO, HBO. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody up to date on as much as we can. Um, before we finally let you go, if I could re- recommend one thing for you to watch on the Internet tonight or whenever you're listening to this, uh, go search Planet Earth 2 Iguana versus Snakes. It could be one of the scariest and yet most awesomest videos I've ever seen. And then once you watch the version, the BBC version, the actual version that was played on TV during BBC's um, premiere episode of Planet Earth 2, then go and search the version of that video set to the NFL primetime theme song. Because it's even better. It's just so good. Now the only thing that would make it better and I mentioned this on Twitter with Steve Brumell the other night, is that if John Gruden did his, the Iguanas highlight pack, it just would have been even better. I'm not going to do a John Gruden voice because I don't do voices. Not what I do. I make really weird sounds with my voice and do all those kind of things, but I don't do voices. But yeah, if I can re- recommend one thing, uh, once you've done listening to this, go search out that video. And if you've never watched Planet Earth, I will lend you my DVD box set. Because you should definitely watch it. It is absolutely incredible. I can't wait for Planet Earth 2 to come out. It's on my stocking stuffer list. So, Mom, Dad, if you're listening, hook a brother. Actually, hook a son up. Uh, That'll do it. Uh, Thanks to Nick. Thanks to Mikey Poulin. Thanks to you. Um, There's no games to go to and take friends to. But there's still games online you can show them. Uh, We're still waiting. uh, The digital platform uh, rollout. We're still waiting for the new website. We're still waiting on, on news of NLL TV, what'll be paid for, what'll be free. There's still lots to look forward to, and camps are just getting underway. We are seven weeks away from the start of a new NLL season. I hope you're excited because it could be one of the best yet. In weeks to come, we'll talk to the likes of Curtis Dixon. Uh, we'll delve into uh, the Eastern Conference. We'll talk to guys like Bill O'Brien, who I've still wanted to tell his story. We'll step in with Toronto and see what The Rock are doing, especially after the press conference tomorrow. Uh, there's so many people we can talk to in this sport, and we'll try to bring you as many of them as we can. 
Uh, we are done for week one of a new season here on OTCB. We look forward to talking to you as often as we can. If you want to get a hold of me, email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter, at Off the Coast. Until next time, be excellent to each other.